Go with me this morning, please, to 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, 1 Timothy 6. We've been on a series for a few weeks now, and this has been our main text, and it says in verse 10, 1 Timothy 6, 10, For the love of money is the root of all evil. One translation says all kinds of evil. What's the root, source, cause of all kinds of evil? You hear a lot of people misquote that, don't you? A lot of people say, well, you know, like the Bible says, money's the root of all evil. Well, just like in the Bible, money's the root of all evil. Well, the Bible never said that. That's not in the Bible. And when you say that, sometimes people think, well, yeah, but you love of money, money, same thing, you're just... Splitting words. No, no. Love of money is not at all the same thing as money. You got money and you got loving money. Not the same thing. A pile of money can sit over here and nobody love it. Or you can love money and not have any. Some of the most covetous people on the planet are poor people. All they do is long for what they don't have. Long for money. Long for stuff. Dream about having this, about having that. Love it. Long for it. Well, if it's possible to love money and not have it, why wouldn't it also be possible to have money but not love it? Why couldn't it be possible to have a lot of money and a lot of stuff but it not mean that much to you? Hmm? You don't love it. You use it. But you don't love it. Well, we've said this in a little bare repetition that watch about how you use the word love. Love is the New Testament command. God is love. And so many people just throw the word around so loosely and so carelessly. They love their new shoes. They love apple pie and pizza. They love their car. They love their new watch. They love their house. They love... So we say, what's wrong with that? A lot. You're not supposed to love stuff. Well, I don't mean anything by... Well, quit using the word. The truth is, maybe you do care too much about it. Maybe you do love it. Maybe you're saying it right. And you need to change. Everybody said out loud, I don't love money. I don't love things. I love God. And I love people. It's fine to be thankful for your stuff. It's fine to enjoy it. It's fine to use it. It's fine to use it to bless others. It's great. It's not okay to love it. The Bible said covetousness is idolatry. And the truth is many people are putting things and money ahead of God. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people all over this country are not in church. You know why they don't go to church? And why they don't do the things of God? They're too busy with other things. They're in the pursuit of money. They ain't got time for God. In the pursuit of things. But the Bible said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and He'll add all those things. You won't have to chase them and spend every waking hour trying to get the money and get the stuff. He'll add it to you. While you're putting him first. That's a good report. 
In Galatians 2.18, I want you to notice this. It says, If I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. What does that mean? It was either right to build it, or it was right to tear it down. Both can't be right. If I build it up, then I tear it down, tear it down so I can build it back up. One of them I shouldn't have done. Either I shouldn't have built it, or I shouldn't have torn it down. (laughs) Shouldn't have destroyed it. Why are you saying that, Brother Keith? Because that's what you see in some of the naysayers concerning prosperity. We, uh, you know, the title of our series is, Would Jesus Wear a Rolex? And you know, some people feel quite strongly about this, don't they? They go, oh no, 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 no he wouldn't, never, nor should you. And uh, we read where Jesus did receive some very expensive personal gifts, didn't he? Received them, personally. And uh, we see where Judas... And some of the others piped up and said, ah, what a waste. This could have been sold for X amount of money and given to the poor. Now, you would think the way a lot of people talk that they thought Jesus said that. Wouldn't you? The way a lot of people talk, you would think they must think that's a quote from Jesus. It's not a quote from Jesus. It's a quote from Judas. Jesus, Judas, not the same. (laughs) Right? Judas said, oh, this is such a waste. This expensive thing should have been sold and given to the poor. That's what a lot of people are saying today. Oh, what a waste. What a waste. That expensive car, that house, that suit, that watch, that jewelry. Oh, they could sell that. They could give that to the poor. They could put that in the gospel. That is quoting Judas. Now, we've gone into great detail about what's wrong with that. And it just goes on and on what's wrong with that. But it is contradictory what these folk claim that they believe. This is what they claim. You should help the poor. But you should not be rich. Come on, let's go over that again real slow now. (laughs) You should not be rich. No. But you should help the poor. (laughs) And how do you do that? (laughs) Now this is the big question. One of the central questions of this whole deal, is it, might it be, could it be, God's will for some people to be poor? Millions believe yes, just like with being sick. Millions believe that sometimes it's God's will for people to be sick. We just don't know why, we don't understand, it's a mystery, but it is. Well, if it really is the will of God for you to be sick, 
why would you try to get healed? If you really believe it's the will of God for you to be sick, if you go to the doctor, if you try to get better, you're rebelling against the will of God. You're trying to get out of the will of God. See, people only believe this stuff in church on Sunday. They'll sit up and try to act like, oh, God's ways are mysterious. And we just don't know. God may be working something out in your life. And Monday morning, they're at the doctor's office trying to get rid of it. That's hypocrisy. It's either right to be healed or to stay sick. One of them's not right. Same thing with poverty. If it's really God's will for some people to be poor, we shouldn't help them. We shouldn't. If it's really God's will for them to be poor, if that's really part of His plan for their life, we should not interfere with what God's doing. See, people don't believe this, except in church on Sunday. They try to act sanctimonious and holier than thou, but, well, God in His sovereignty has... Seen fit not to bless me with a lot of stuff, but I love the Lord, and and I just, whatever His will is, and He has given us all different stations in life, and we don't know why, but some He's made rich, and some He's made poor, and, and we just need, and first thing Monday morning, they're out working, trying to get some money, and trying to get ahead, and right, trying to get out of debt. They don't believe what they said. If it's God's will for you to be poor, then quit rebelling and be poor. But it's a lie. I said it's a lie. It's God's will for everybody to be born again, everybody to be healed, everybody to be prosperous, everybody. So it is right to help people in need. Because it's not His will for anybody to be poverty-stricken and in need and down. Never, ever. Even if it's their own fault. Still not His will. Even if they messed up terribly and brought it on their self. Still not His will. It's the will for Him to repent, them to repent and come up. The Bible says He takes the poor out of the dung heap, out of the garbage pile, out of the dump, and sets him with princes. That's the will of God. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Now think about this. We're going to study this, and you'll see it further as we go. Do you know the Bible well enough to know that it pleases the Lord for us to help people in need? And He's instructed us to do things for people that are in need. Well, if it were His will for us to be poor, how do you do that? The poor can't help the poor much. You could do something, but you can't do much. can't do enough to make much of a difference. I mean, you can hardly help yourself. But if you're supposed to minister to the poor and you are the poor, what are you supposed to minister to yourself? What am I saying? If God has directed us to minister to the poor, it's obvious He intended us to...
to not be poor. Oh, come on, do you see it? Because the poor don't have the ability to minister to the poor. They're the ones that need to be ministered to. And we're going to see He has instructed us repeatedly to minister to the poor. Therefore, He did not intend us to be poor. Are there any benefits to being broke? Huh? Are there any benefits? Are you sure? Maybe there's some good points. <laughs> Maybe there's some good things that come out of... Maybe there's some things you can only learn by being poor. Now see, millions believe this. Let me mention a few things to you. Proverbs ten fifteen. It says, The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. What destroys the poor? Their poverty. Is it God's will that people be destroyed? Then it's not God's will that people be poor. Proverbs 22, 7. 22, 7. It says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Is it God's will that we be servants? Is it God's will that anybody be ruled over, dominated, oppressed? Then it can't be His will for us to be poor. I'm reading Scriptures. Ecclesiastes 9.16. Ecclesiastes 9.16. He says, Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Is it the will of God that his people, that he puts his wisdom in, and he puts his revelation in, that it not get out and not be respected because they are poor? You think about us as a church, about any church, any ministry. Can't it be crippled and silenced through poverty? You cut off all the money to any church or ministry, they can't reach out. If they're poor enough, they can't keep the doors open. So no matter what kind of revelation or wisdom God has put in those people, it's not going to be heard. It's not going to get out because of poverty. Poverty's a curse. Can never be a blessing in disguise. It's a curse. Was a curse, is a curse, poverty will always be a curse. And thank God we've been redeemed. We've been redeemed from the curse. It is written. Thank you, Lord. Is it God's will for anybody to be poor? People say, well, yeah, what about all the people that's poor? Well, what about all the people that's lost? People's current condition does not reveal the will of God or the plan of God. He told us to pray. He told us to preach. He told us to work. That His will would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. That implies it's not being, but it can be. Well, it displeases the Lord, though. We, we're not to look lightly. Just because we believe in prosperity doesn't mean we look down on anybody that's in lack. You understand that, don't you? In fact, it displeases the Lord. It grieves Him. When people despise the poor 
and or oppress the poor. Let me read some scriptures to you along that line. The Bible says in uh, Isaiah 3, Isaiah 3, in 14, he said, The spoil of the poor is in your houses. And in verse 15, Isaiah 3, 15, he says, What mean ye that you beat my people to pieces and grind the faces of the poor, says the Lord of hosts? He's angry with them because they have oppressed the poor. Zechariah 7.10. Zechariah 7.10 says, Oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, nor the stranger, nor the poor. Let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. Proverbs 14.31. Proverbs 14.31. He that oppresses the poor does what? Reproaches his maker. But he that honors him, honors the Lord... Has mercy on the poor. Now, boy, we're going to get into this and see it even stronger later on. But what about when you honor the Lord? Anybody familiar with another scripture? What happens when you honor the Lord? Hmm? Glory to God. Glory to God. I, you know, just uh, not too long back, I was rejoicing and thanking the Lord for some uh, all the things He's done for us here at the church. And how he's let so much, I guess it was a report of some word in other parts of the world that was getting out. And some pastors and ministers in that area said that everywhere they went, they ran into some materials uh, of ours. And I thought, glory to God. Glory to God. I said, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for using us. He said, you've honored me. I said, glory to God. He said, that's why I've been able to honor the ministry, honor the church. To the I said, Lord, show us how to honor you more. Show us how to honor you bigger and more. Well, part of the honor is prosperity, isn't it? The ability to do things in your personal life. How are you going to come up? Honor Him. The more you honor Him, the more He can honor you. Well, those that do for the poor and those in need are honoring the Lord. What's going to happen? He's going to honor them. Now, uh, notice this. Proverbs 28. 28, 8 of Proverbs. He that by usury and unjust gain increases his substance, he'll gather it for him that will pity the poor. You see through the Word different times where the Lord has transferred money out of the hands of wicked people into his people's hands. The deliverance of the Israelites from Egyptian bondage is one of the greatest examples of it. They went from being slaves to being prosperous with Egypt's wealth in a day. Didn't they? And here the Bible says, it is God's intent and will that people who have oppressed the poor and enrich themselves on the backs of those in need through oppressive interest and other things, God intends and desires that that money come out of their hands into people's hands that will do something for the needy and the poor. And He is well able to move it too, isn't He? The Bible says, Proverbs 29, 7, 29, 7, The righteous considers the cause of the poor. But the wicked regards not to know it. Proverbs 21.13 21.13 Whoever stops his ears at the cry of the poor 
He'll cry himself and will not be heard. If you see somebody hurting, somebody in a bad way, and the Lord deals with you to do something about it, you don't want to ignore it. I said, you don't want to ignore it and turn a deaf ear and say, I can't be bothered. i got too much of my own stuff to deal with because the Bible says it can turn around so there'll come a day where you're crying for help and nobody's helping you. Oh, but the reverse of it's true. I said the reverse of it's true that if somebody's in need and you help them out, you have sown a seed so that when you're in need, somebody's going to help you out. It's Bible. It's the truth. In fact, I mean, God has declared in His Word tremendous blessings and benefits for those who help the poor and help those in need. Let me read some of them to you. You ready? Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14 and verse 21. 14.21 says, He that despises his neighbor sins. But he that has mercy on the poor, happy is he. You want to be happy? You want to be happy? Everybody wants to be happy. What do you do? Help people that's in need. Now, it doesn't have to be somebody that's sleeping in a ditch. And if you study other scriptures, particularly it has to do with God's people in need. That's your brother's. That doesn't mean you can't do something for somebody outside, but first and foremost, and I'm quoting Scripture now when I say this, you're to do things for those that are in the body. Those are God's children. Well, we're all God's children. No, we're not. No. Well, everybody, all humanity is God's children. No, they're not. No. There are two families in the earth. And you're not part of God's family unless you've been born again. We're not all on the planet sons and daughters of God. No. Jesus told some of the most religious people of his day, you're of your father the devil. Didn't he? No, not everybody is part of the family of God. No. But if you'll have mercy on the poor, you'll be happy. The most miserable people on the planet, I can tell you why they are. All they think about is their self. What they don't have, what they want, what they need, what they can't do, what somebody didn't do for me. You want to be miserable, just sit around all day and think about that. You want to be happy? Reach out and touch somebody. And I don't mean just call them on the phone. Do something for somebody that will help them. You want to be, you want to have a sense of fruitfulness, a sense of purpose, a sense of fulfillment, let God use you to meet somebody's need. Let God use you to bring somebody up out of a problem. Let God use you to take the weight off of somebody, relieve them from a burden. You know, I'm telling you, you'll feel like you float home after those kind of things. There's nothing better. There just is nothing better. Of course, the more ability you have, the more you can do. Less ability you have, less you can do. Proverbs 19.17. 19.17 says, He that has pity on the poor does what? Lends to the Lord, and that which he has given will he pay him again. When you do something for people in need, 
The Lord takes it as a personal loan to Him and gives you His assurance that He will pay you back. You can't get a better guarantee than that. <laughs> Proverbs 22.9 22.9 Proverbs says, He that has a bountiful eye, generous, shall be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Proverbs 28.27 28.27 He that gives to the poor shall not lack. Man, we have seen some tremendous things already. If you give to the poor, you'll be happy. The Lord's going to pay you back. You'll be blessed. You shall not lack. Now here we're getting into something. Did God intend in your helping the poor, the needy, that you be diminished materially? Is that His will? Does that please Him? For you to be impoverished, helping the poor. That actually in helping the poor, you become the poor. Is that His plan? Is that His will? Absolutely it's not. He told you, if you do it, you shall not lack. It's the law of sowing and reaping. You help somebody get out of trouble, what's going to happen? God's going to help somebody... Use somebody to help you out of trouble or keep you out of trouble, which is even better than getting out of trouble after you got into it. Keep you from getting in trouble. Because when you sow a seed, you don't just reap exactly what you sowed. You reap it multiplied. When you sow a bean, you don't reap a bean. You reap beans. Psalm 41. Turn to this one if you're fast enough. Psalm 41 and 1. Get ready to... Be happy about this. This is exciting here. And it just gets more exciting the further we go into this. I don't know about you, but talking about would Jesus wear a Rolex has stirred me up wanting to help people. Has it you? But I will not feel bad about my nice watch while I help them. No. Who says you couldn't ride in a new car to go help somebody? Psalm 41, verse 1. Blessed is he that considers the poor. What will happen with these people? The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. That's not all. Verse 2. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. That's not all. And he shall be blessed. Not when you get to heaven. On the earth. That's not all. And you will not deliver him into the will of his enemies. That's not all. Verse 3. The Lord will strengthen him. Wait, wait. Him who? The one who considers and is mindful about ministering to the poor. He will strengthen him on the bed of languishing and make all his bed in his sickness. What does that mean? That's healing. I said, that's healing. That's deliverance. Should you be interested in helping other people? Letting God use you to meet the needs of those who are down. 
and hurting. Uh, let me go over some of these things we, we saw. If you help the poor, if you minister to those in need, we saw you'll be happy. We saw you'll be blessed. We saw the Lord will pay you back. We saw you will not lack. We saw the Lord will deliver you in the time of trouble. He will preserve you and keep you alive. You'll be blessed on the earth. The Lord won't deliver you into the will of your enemies. And the Lord will strengthen you on the bed of languishing. He will heal you. Why? Because you helped people when they were down, when they were in need. My, my, my. My, my. Do you believe it? Glory to God. Now find two openings with me and get ready to shout some more. Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and Psalm one twelve. Second Corinthians, chapter nine, and Psalm one twelve. If the Lord wants us to help the poor, did He plan on us being poor? How can the poor do much for the poor? The very right of him telling us, do this for the poor, do this for, means he doesn't expect us to be poor. He expects us to be in a position to do something for those in need. But, did he intend for us to be impoverished? Even if we start out with a lot, we wind up with nothing because we help the poor. No, not if you believe in a God of sowing and reaping, a God of abundance, a God that said He took it upon Himself personally and said, I will pay you back. Then how could you believe? You will not lack, He said. How can you believe you're going under then by helping people? Look at this. In Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, Second Corinthians 9 and verse 9, As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He's given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. He's quoting from the 112th Psalm. Hold your place here in 2 Corinthians 9 and go back there. Hold your place in 2 Corinthians so we can just switch back. But Psalm 112. Psalm 112. Down in verse 9. Psalm 112.9 says, He has dispersed. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Well, sounds just like it, don't it? Goes on to say, though, His horn shall be exalted with honor. Who? The one who has dispersed. The one who's given to the poor. He will be honored. His horn will be exalted with honor. The Scripture said, the Lord said, those that honor me, I will honor. One way He honors us is in prospering us and promoting us, enabling us to be the ones that are able to help instead of the ones needing help. That's honoring you. Isn't it? How many would rather be on the giving end than the needing end? Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Well, it's obvious you're in a position to give and not the one needing. Now, you don't want to be too proud to receive. 
no matter how blessed you are. But it's more blessed to give than to receive, Jesus said. How does he honor? Well, if you back up in the first part of the psalm, you see. Back up to the first verse. Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. What will happen to him? His seed shall be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3. Would Jesus wear a Rolex? (laughs) Verse 3. Wealth and Rolexes. Huh? And new Lexuses and Mercedes. Thousand dollar jackets. Five thousand dollar vases. Twenty thousand dollar rugs. Huh? Designer items and clothes. Furniture, expensive stuff, nice stuff, will be in their paid-for house. Am I reading the Bible? Am I reading the Bible? See, the problem today is you've got so many people, including a lot of God's people, they have chosen to believe something other than this. They have chosen to believe stuff that they've heard in the pulpits instead of this, instead of the Word, instead of the Bible. Wealth, wealth, and riches will be in His house. (laughs) Let me read this to you from some other translations. The uh, easy-to-read translation says, Their family? Now, let's just stop right here. Whose family? The man, the woman that loves the Lord, obeys Him, disperses, gives to the poor, is kind. Their family will be very rich. This is not getting poor because you help the poor. This is help the poor... And get rich. Am I reading the Bible? Say it out loud. Help the poor. And get rich. And of course, who can help the poor better than the rich? But does it mean you have to be embarrassed or feel ashamed because you got riches in your house and somebody else has lack? No, because you are not anybody's provider and never will be. And God might use you to help them, but they need to realize man cannot save man. Everybody needs the same God we look to. Everybody needs to look to and trust the same provider we look to. And He'll prosper them just like He prospered you. Bring them up just like He brought you up. 
the English version, the TEV says, His family will be wealthy and rich and he'll be prosperous forever. His family will be wealthy and rich and he will be prosperous forever. Wouldn't hurt us if we just stayed here all afternoon. I read this over and over to you. Over, big why? Because we're dealing with centuries of unbelief. Our minds need to be renewed. We need to get free from the stuff that's been taught and said and believed. It's a bunch of junk, a bunch of false humility, a bunch of phony spirituality. We've already seen from 1 Corinthians 13 earlier in our study. It's possible to give away everything you've got. Everything you've got. And it profits you nothing. Be nothing in the eyes of the Lord. If you didn't do it in the right way. And because of love. Well, why would people give like that? And it wouldn't be love. Out of guilt. Out of spiritual pride. Trying to show how holy they are. No. Oh, but you can give because you love people. How does it help anybody for me to be broke and me to be poor and me to say I'm so spiritual because I'm so broke? Oh, I've just denounced everything of this world. I just pulled away and I pray night and day and, and I'm so holy and I'm so close to God. How does that help you? How does that help anybody on the planet? It's a lie. I said beware of it. It's a lie. How can I help somebody? By overcoming myself. Hmm? Where's the good news to the poor that Jesus kept talking about? Huh? If we're going to tell people, sometime it's God's will for you to be poor. Why do they need to come join up with us? So they can stay poor? Maybe be poorer? No. Where's the good news to the poor? Ain't got to be poor no more. What's the good the good news is Jesus though he was so rich became poor for your sakes so that you through his poverty might be rich That's the good news And yes it includes not limited to but it includes material stuff here and now wealth and riches in his house Friends, you know, you can come in here today and you can hear this and you can go, well, that's interesting, that's interesting. And you can go out and be broker next year than you are right now. And you can try to salve your conscience and pat yourself on the back and say, well, I don't care about all that. I don't caught up in materialism. And, and, you know, I don't know that it's always God's will. And you can just live that way your whole life and not be in much of a position to help anybody. Or. I said or. Or. You can go out of here today and just not get away from this and go, wealth and riches in my house. (laughs) Wealth and riches in my house. In my house. My house. Wealth. Riches. In my house. (laughs) Somebody's getting it. Somebody's getting it. Wealth. Riches in my house. 
And you don't have to make apologies. Somebody comes in there and they see you got this beautiful vase sitting up there. You got this amazing painting. And they go, Woo! That's pretty. Man, that must have cost a lot. You go, Yeah, more than that. You're not ashamed. You're not embarrassed. You got nothing to be ashamed of. Why? It's not what you've got. It's how you got it. And if you get it the right way, you got no apologies to make. Nothing to be ashamed of. And you do care about the poor. And you do want to help people. But it doesn't mean you have to be broke and impoverished in order to do it. No, that's the lie. That's the deception. Here's a, how many remember, you know, we read Job not too long ago. And there's entire chapters. What about chapter 31 uh, along in there? He talks about how he helped the poor. What a heart he had for people. I mean, he said when people were hurting, I wanted to find out the cause of those in pain. He said the poor didn't go hungry. They ate my food. They wore my wool. And he went on to talk about it. And how many understand Job was not a broke man? (laughs) Here's a man that really, really had something on his heart to help people. And by today's standards was a billionaire. By today's money. No, no. You don't have to be broke. You don't have to impoverish yourself to help somebody. In fact, from the Word, the more you reach out, the more you do. Help the poor become rich. (laughs) The NCV, I'm not through. The NCV, New Century Version says, Their houses will be full of wealth. And riches and their goodness will continue forever. Glory. (laughs) Do you believe this? The Message Bible says it like this. Their houses will brim with wealth. What does brim mean? Hmm? Open the closet and that gold statue falls out. Stuff everywhere. Stuff everywhere. People go, you got some nice stuff. You go, yeah, I do. God has blessed me. I like what Brother Jesse DePlantis, they were trying to bother him some down in New Orleans about some of his stuff. And they said, preacher, we hear you're doing really good. He said, you heard wrong. He said, I'm doing better than that. Do not make excuses or apologies for your prosperity. Now, the truth is, most of us in here, most all of us in here, are at quite low levels of prosperity. But I'm telling you, the lowest level of prosperity is better than poverty. It's better than being broke. And what you got to do, though, is not be ashamed for God to bring you on up and be ready. You know one of the reasons God has had us on this week after week after week? Because you need some preparation to handle the persecution that goes along with certain levels of prosperity. Think about it. Would Jesus wear a Rolex? And what are we talking about for week after week after week? Why would you need to know this information? Because <laughs> you have been sowing. You've been sowing. You've been honoring God. 
You've been sowing your money. You've been sowing your time. You've been sowing your stuff. And God is not forgetful. You've helped other people. And He's given you His Word. He will personally pay you back. And you will not lack. But you've got to be willing to take what else comes with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they could have, they should have. That is just, what a waste. What a waste. Some of it's your own kinfolks. I'm sorry to tell you, but some of you are going to be displeased and sad to find out when you go to show them some of your great blessings and they go, oh, man, man. Well, what do you need this for? What in the world? <laughs> I quoted some of your kin folks. What? <laughs> But now you got to decide. Are you a Bible believer? Huh? Are you going to let somebody deceive you? Somebody take away and rob you of what should be yours, what Jesus already bought and paid for. Come on, keep reading in this psalm. This is wonderful. Say it out loud, verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. He goes on to say, His righteousness endures forever. To the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious. He's full of compassion and righteous. And he goes on to say, verse 6, Surely he will not be moved forever. Verse 7, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid till he sees his desire on his enemies. Verse 10, verse 10. Here's the answer. To these questions. Why do people get so upset about your watch, about your suit, about your house, about your car? Verse 10. The wicked shall see it. See what? <laughs> how blessed you are. How free you are. How kept you are. And they see that wealth and riches in your paid for house. <laughs> and it grieves them. Am I reading the Bible? That, and be grieved and gnash with his teeth. What does that mean? Grind his teeth. <laughs> and the desire of the wicked shall perish. What they want is not going to come to pass. And so they're looking at us. And we living good. we enjoying life. We're helping other people. They want what we've got. They want to live. They want to have what we have. But they don't want to do what we do. It's a problem. So, they grind their teeth. And and the bottom line is, they want it. They want it. And they know that's not right. They just say, I want it. So what do they do? They cover and cloak their covetousness with a lie, a phony concern for the poor. 
Oh, just like Judas, you shouldn't have that. You should sell that expensive car. And you should help poor people that don't have much. You should do the... People who really care about the poor are not judging other folks for what they do or don't do for the poor. They help the poor. (laughs) You got judges and you got doers. Judges don't do. Doers don't judge. Which are you? Huh? Say it out loud. It's none of my business. None of my business. What other people do with their money and their stuff. I'm not a judge. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. And if you are, what's going to happen? You will be happy. You will not lack. You will be blessed. God will pay you back. You're going to be kept. You're going to be protected. You're going to be healed. I'm quoting scriptures. You're going to be healed. And wealth and riches will be in your house. Oh, stand up on your feet and give glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Close your eyes. Say it out loud out of your heart, Lord. Here am I. Use me to help others. Raise me up. Give me the ability, the power to get wealth, to have substance, to be able to minister to others as you lead me. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.